and this is a question I love to ask <laughs> um, the women I speak to, what would you say to your 21-year-old self? Oh, I think I would tell myself to feel the fear and do it anyway. So many things I didn't do because I was so afraid to do them. And I think that fear of failure just holds you back. I would tell myself to push through the pain barrier, the fear barrier, do it anyway. Get out of your comfort zone. Welcome back to Conversations with Her. My name is Phaedra Prendergast, Editor-in-Chief of WTC Magazine, the number one print and digital magazine for all things enterprise and community. I share stories of women who are typically never found on the front line and place them on our front covers to inspire the next generation of female leaders. Today, I'm joined by a dear friend of the magazine, Whitney Bromberg-Hawkins, founder and CEO of her luxury online flower delivery service, Flowerbox. We talk being ahead of the game, her leadership style, and how working for one of the most powerful men in fashion history has raised her expectations of those she works with. It's so nice to be here and um, I just love everything that you guys do. So thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So of course, you know, we're no stranger um, to each other. So it's almost like a catch up um, to know what you've been up to, you know, how the business has been going um, and and what's next, you know, and what are your thoughts on, you know, 2022 for Flowerbox? Um, Just want to discuss you. So what has everything been like since, you know, coming out of lockdown? And I know that you even just said, you know, you didn't realise how much has changed um, and how much has happened in that year that we were ultimately knocked out. Yeah, um, I still don't feel like we're out of it. And it's so strange leading a business through really uncharted territory. Because if you, you know, even the biggest economists, the biggest sort of world leaders don't know really exactly what's going to happen. So it's like sort of trying to build a future and build targets on quicksand because no one knows what's going to happen and and what's going to happen to the world in the next three, six, you know, nine months. That said, I do think the shift to online has accelerated. I think that's undeniable. And I think that no matter what people have, you know, COVID is really accelerated the shift to e-com and to digitizing even sort of more traditional businesses like floristry. So hopefully the future of Flowerbox is bright. You know, we're a digitally native uh, e-commerce flower delivery company and have been from the get-go. So hopefully that will set us in good stead, you know, and future-proof the business. And we also just closed, <sighs> um, you know, to add to the stress of COVID, we just closed our Series A funding round. So we closed an $11 million um, round, which we'll announce sort of in the next month or so uh, to sort of for to drive growth and expansion in the U.S. So it's a really exciting time, a really exciting chapter. We all have really renewed energy for the school year and our um, sort of busiest sales period at the end of you know Q4. What was it like during that time for you um, at Flowerbox when you were in lockdown? 
Oh, it was the most stressful time of my life. I think the uncertainty is really what I found, you know, the most unsettling. Also, you you know, shifting to remote working to, um, you know, we had poor customer care team working from bedrooms, working from, you know, from their homes. So it was all just, it was really unsettling. Luckily, our B2C business went parabolic. So we had our sales went you know, we were up almost seven, 700% during peak months during COVID. So it was a real opportunity for us for growth, even though it was not without its struggles, you know, getting supply. There were um, trucks and flowers stopped at borders. There were flights that were grounded to the U.S. So it was, you know, every day was sort of a set new challenges. I love that. And how did you find it navigating? Because of course, like you said, so many people were working from home, you know, you weren't centralized at an office. How was it like still having to manage so many people and they were in so many different locations? Yeah, I mean, luckily Zoom helped, but I think the hardest thing both at home and at work was everyone was looking to you to tell, you know, as the leader at my house and the leader of the company, everyone was looking to me to say, everything's going to be okay, which is, of course I had to assuage them and their fears, but the reality was I had no idea if things were going to be okay. Um, So it was really hard putting on a a sort of brave face, you know, for my kids at home too, for everyone to be like, this is going to be fine. When in fact, in the back of my mind, I was like, is this really going to be okay? Because who knows? I can imagine. And what have you done since then to, you know, unwind? I know you mentioned the holiday. Yeah, so I went on holiday basically as we were closing our funding round and literally felt, you know, the tension of the past year and a half sort of melt away. It's just been, I think no one's really aware of the heaviness of sort of the the impact that this year of heaviness and uncertainty and canceled plans and, you know, missing people and lack of connection. It, it, it's, it's really had a heavy toll, I think, on a lot of people. Absolutely. And I remember one of the first times speaking with you um, and you described, you know, sending flowers as a language in itself. Um, do you think that the, kind, the conversation has changed a lot with people sending flowers, receiving them and and things like that. Do you think it's changed at all? Oh, 100%. First of all, I think the world luckily has become increasingly aware and conscious of sustainability and buying crap. Um, And I think, I hope that we really move away from buying things and stuff just for the sake of it. So flowers are, first of all, they're a beautiful natural product. They're... um, you know, they can be put in the compost bin, but they're a very sort of material way to say, I love you. That's not um, just more stuff and more clutter. And it actually improves the quality of your life. So I think people are looking for connection. People are looking for sentiment. People are looking, you know, to show love and to feel connection. So flowers are the ideal way to do that. So I think flowers have definitely cemented, um, they, they always have been a symbol of all of those things, but I think now more than ever, people crave that sort of connection that's easily won by flowers. Absolutely. I love that. And what does the future of the industry look like to you? That's such a good question. I do think, you know, there's this shift to digital in floristry and, you know, flowers have typically been a sort of bricks and mortar traditional 
industry where there's, you know, little consistency. It's very much you're at the whim and mercy of whatever florist happens to be doing your arrangement that day. It's also, you know, an industry that has not been disrupted. The bricks and mortar model, you end up buying flowers that cost too much money that are a few days old because they have to sell whatever stuff they bought. So it's, while it's a very pretty visual thing, a flower shop, it doesn't really make any sense. So I think the shift, you know, to digital in floristry is definitely here to stay. Um, and I'm, you know, lucky to be ahead of the curve on that. Absolutely. I, I really, really love that. And I, I definitely agree, you know, many things are going digital now. And I think a lot of people are seeing that, you know, you don't need a physical store um, to, to make your business run. Yeah. You know, and same with also like, a, you know, a traditional workplace where people go to the office every day. I've seen the team is actually worked harder everyone's been more efficient we are very connected very I, I credit them a lot for um creating that connectivity between themselves too so not just with me but you know whether they have team meetings or team hangouts or even meet outside for tea or coffee I do think we've managed to really shift to a very flexible working way of working um and it hasn't damaged productivity I think to the contrary it's actually made us all more productive isn't that something? Because I think before a lot of businesses and business owners thought that, you know, working from home would make people a lot less productive. But now being forced to work from home, businesses are seeing the benefit of it. Yeah, for sure. I have, you know, we had a team dinner last night and everyone's like, I have two extra hours to my day, you know, to exercise, to work, to just to, so it's sort of like just giving people some time back um, and some autonomy, which I think people really appreciate. Absolutely. Because it's having that time that you don't have to travel to and from the office, isn't it? And it's not like a pleasant time. It's not like a time, it's just sort of wasted time, time in a vacuum. So I think um, the team, and we've been really sort of nimble at, at um, making that work. Amazing. And what would you describe your leadership style like? <laughs> um, I'm supportive. I think I'm collaborative. I'm demanding. <sighs> I want excellence and I have hired people that deliver excellence and that are as obsessed with the detail and the quality and the excellence as I am, if not more obsessed. So um, I definitely am demanding, but I'm also, I hope, um, I, I like to think that I let people grow and give them room to grow. And I also listen a lot and have a lot to learn from, you know, I've hired very, very, very smart people who are very good at what they do. So I'm also a good listener, I think, I hope. <laughs> I'd imagine. Um, and I'd imagine so that, you know, working for someone like Tom Ford for so many years, you've seen, you know, you just mentioned excellence, but you've seen a way to do a thing. So I, I'm, I'm guessing that your expectations for those that work for you are pretty high because it's just what you've seen for so many years. Is that the case? Yeah, that's definitely the case, you know, and I couldn't have learned from a better example or a better leader on how to bring out the best in people, yeah. how to create an amazing and recognizable brand, how to stay true to that brand and that vision and really in every single aspect of, of what you do. Um, I learned, you know, from him, the importance of hard work, the importance of 
editing, you know, saying no to saying no, no, no ruthlessly. And that's how you stay really true to your brand and your vision. So um, yes, I, I couldn't have learned from a better example. I love that. And is there someone now that you consider a, a, an individual or a person that you learn from? Would you still say that it is Tom? Oh, I'm so lucky to be surrounded by so many incredible women, I would say. And I really look to sort of female examples and female entrepreneurs as my um, immediate sort of references and, and mentors. Um, Chrissy Wheeler, who owns the White Company, is a really sort of someone I admire so much. And I think she's executed, you know, a very simple idea flawlessly and very true to her vision and her DNA is in every single thing that she does. And she does it with empathy. She does it with kindness. She's the mom of four kids. She's, I, I, I mean, I've never worked for her, but I doubt she raises her voice, but there's no doubt that she is one of the most, you know, powerful examples of female leadership that I know. I love that. And do you mentor at all? Do you offer, you know, this kind, the kind of same thing that you got uh, starting out and, and continuing? Oh, for sure. I've got such a network of female entrepreneurs, as I said, you know, some are further along in their journey than I am. And I look to them for advice and some are, are earlier in their journey and they have lots of questions to me that I'm luckily able to answer only because of the blood, sweat and tears that I've put in and I've just been through it. So whether it's a question of a fundraising or a question of, um, anything, hiring, firing, growing, um, all of it. So yeah, I have, I have a lot of female entrepreneur friends that are sort of earlier on in the journey than I am. I love that. What's one or two things that you're looking forward to um, or that you have on your mind for 2022? Oh, so many things. First of all, just growth, really driving growth. We have a lot of exciting product development happening uh, that we were sort of waiting to close our round to develop some new adjacent products. Uh, sustainability is huge. We already do so many things. You know, we we compost all of our green waste at great expense in all of our locations. We compost all of our event flowers. We have fully recyclable packaging. We have compostable flower food. We have a biodegradable water pouch. So all these things we do, but I really want to do a holistic project where I can confidently say that we are a fully sustainable corporation. So I, we do so many of these things already, but it's really, I really want to um, confirm our, our sort of sustainability credentials, both internally and externally. So that's something that's really important to me. Also creating a really slick UX. Um, we have a great site. We have a great user journey, um, but I think it can be better. So I, that, you know, tech is another real area of, uh, development for us in the next year. I, I really like that. And I, and I love that you said that it's an area that you can still, you know, improve in because I think there's always areas to grow in. Uh, so I really love that. And, and this is a question I love to ask <laughs> um, the women I speak to. What would you say to your 21-year-old self? Oh, I think I would tell myself to feel the fear and do it anyway. Like so many things I didn't do because I was so afraid to do them. And I think that fear of failure just holds you back. And um, so I would tell myself to push through the pain barrier, the fear barrier, do it anyway. Yes. Get out of your comfort zone. 
Yes, and of course, you're seeing the rewards of it now, aren't you? Well, I don't know. I'm waiting to see the rewards. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not seeing any yet. Just pure pain. Yeah. <laughs> and what's a key piece of advice that someone has given you at any point in your life that you've held on to and not been able to forget? Um, I think, I'm not sure if this is the most pivotal piece of advice, but I really think like fail fast is something I'm really holding close to myself in the past sort of six months to a year. It's like, doesn't work, move on and stop trying to bang your head against something that does not work. If it's a person that doesn't work, if it's a situation that doesn't work, even if it's a decision you've made for the business, it doesn't work. Stop it, move on. I think as women, we're sort of afraid to admit failure or afraid to admit we made a mistake or we hired the wrong person or, um, but it's just human, get rid of it, move on. Um, so I think do that faster because when you know something's not right, you sort of spend six months or eight months trying to make it right. So I'm just really trying to not, not waste that time because our resources are limited, our time is limited. Our, so I just need to, to save my resource for for what's working. Absolutely. And when you when you got that advice, do you remember what stage you were at and what were you thinking when you, you were told that? Um, it was like a year and a half ago and it was when there were a handful of things that really weren't quite right. We were at that stage of growth where we had made some decisions that weren't the right decisions. Um, so it was, it was pretty apt timing and it's something that I really apply a lot to to everything now at Flower Bugs and in my life. I love that. Thank you so much Whitney. It's always a great pleasure having you and it was so lovely catching up. And of course thank you to our loyal listeners from wherever you are in the world. Now join us next time for another conversation with her. <laughs>